Hey, I just want to let you know the following is an early episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. All our episodes are at sleepwithmepodcast.com. These ones are a little bit rougher around the edges. Didn't quite get the, uh, we're kind of experimenting as we went along, trying to find the best way to bore people to sleep. I'm not sure if we've found it yet, but if you're looking for something to help you fall asleep, you can check these episodes out. They might not be as good as the current ones, or they might be. Your choice, go ahead and find out. But I just wanted to let you know. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope we help you fall asleep. Welcome to the Sleep With Me podcast. I'm Dear Scooter, and I want to help you fall asleep tonight. If you're up at night tossing and turning, mind racing, well, you're in the right spot. The Sleep With Me podcast wants to help you fall asleep. I'm going to talk about a subject or tell you a story that's going to be just engaging enough for you to set your troubles aside and forget about your day, but just boring enough to allow you to slowly slip away into deep sleep. So set your phone aside, snuggle in, close your eyes, feel your body sink down, you're slowly drifting away. And you're going to sleep with me. Tonight's segment is an experiment called The Walking Dead. I'm going to cover the parts of The Walking Dead they don't show on TV. The boring parts. You know, things that they don't make the cut because they're not entertaining. But they're the perfect thing to fall asleep to. On tonight's Walking Dead, we have a few things to cover. Carol and her crazy smartness. Herschel in the North Pole. The Wire Guy's imaginary road trip. Rick in drinking water. And finally, we'll talk about some Georgia building codes. So, get ready to drift off as Sleep With Me presents The Walking Dead. Okay, a couple things you should know about Carol before we get started that'll help um, ease your transition in the stories that uh, sources tell me Carol was a huge Cheers fan um, when she was growing up. She used to watch it all the time, uh, reruns and, and when the show was on the air, and she was particularly fond of Woody Allen. She was particularly fond of Woody Harrelson, so keep that in mind. And before this week's episode of Walking Dead started, they'd called a, about two weeks before, they had a, a called a town council meeting. And the council members, they wait, um, before they go into the meeting, they like to all go in together as some kind of symbolic unity after they say the serenity prayer. And Carol hadn't shown up, so they were waiting to go in the meeting. And it was a little bit odd, because usually she's pretty punctual. And all of a sudden, Herschel's like, be quiet. And, and I hear something. And then just faintly through the door, you could hear this creaking. And 
So everybody, you know, pulls out a weapon. And they slowly open the door. And there's someone sitting with their back to them, going back and forth in a um, rocking chair. You say, who's there? Who's there? The person lights a pipe, takes a puff, and goes, Heaven goes by favor. If it went by merit, you would stay out and your dog would get in. Nurse again, who's there? Wait a second, is that you, Carol? Carol, is that you? The person in the chair stands and turns and it's Carol dressed as Mark Twain. And everybody's frozen. Pleased to meet you. My friends call me Samuel. My enemies don't call me. (laughs) I'm I'm not an impressionist, by the way. I'm sorry. That's me talking, not Carol. Um... And Carol says, uh, There are many humorous things in this world. Among them, the white man's notion that he's less savage than the other savages. I guess my Carol, Carol Mark Twain kind of sounds a little bit like George Bush, Ross Perot. But then everyone's like, Carol, are you okay? Carol, did you have an accident or something? What's going on? She just keeps quoting. Concerning the difference between man and the jackass... Some observers hold there isn't any. But this wrongs the jackass. So, Carol, you better sit down. You, you need to sit down. Carol goes, The average American may not know who his grandfather was, but the American was, however, one degree better off than the average Frenchman, who, as a rule, was in considerable doubt to who his father was. Carol, okay. And this one's like, well, wait a second, you're doing that uh, Hal Ashby thing. Mark Twain tonight or something. And was, oh, it's Hal Holbrook, the guy who's on Designing Women. Like, oh, Designing Women. Everybody's chattering about, oh, remember, yeah, he went out with that woman from the, uh, was, oh, yeah, like, what's up with cougars? What, designing Women are like the original cougars. Why don't they call them Designing Women instead of cougars? Oh, yeah, I remember that guy and the racist mother? Was, was Annie Potts on that show? Because I can't Then Herschel, who has no pop culture knowledge, is just standing there seething. Yeah, enough, enough. We need to talk about Rick and his gun. Carol, what is this nonsense? Of course, Carol's got plenty more nonsense. To be good is noble but to show others how to be good is nobler and no trouble. And then she she breaks character and she says, Herschel, I, I, you know, I just want to do something for the children that's both enriching and, and entertaining. I just want to you know, have a little story time for the kids and they can come and I'll read to them and we'll talk about the book. And, you know, we're just going to do like Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn and, you know, move on from there and see, see what the kid's like. That's all I want to do. I just love Mark Twain so much. I, I've been wanting to do this my whole life. And now, the way things are out there, I didn't want to wait another minute. And this just disarms everybody. And it's, oh, Carol. And just, oh, wait, wait, I have one more. I have one more, please. 
In the first place, God made idiots. That was for practice. Then he made school boards. <laughs> Carol starts chuckling and says, Okay, okay, let's, we can move on. I just want, is it okay if I do this class? And they move on and her crazy smartness distracted them from her real M.O., which was having teaching these little girls how to knife fight. So that might have been the least boring thing that was leaked to me this week, but Carol's crazy smart. The second thing I noticed about uh, this week's Walking Dead, and maybe I'm just being a little bit hard on Herschel tonight, but it kind of felt like he was got this passive-aggressive thing going with Rick at the beginning with the flower, the tomato plants, which, I mean, maybe, maybe he was mad they got planted in the wrong spot, I don't know. But, you know, as he, he was talking to Rick, uh, it struck me how much Herschel starting to look like Santa Claus. And for a while I started coming up with these theories about how Herschel really was Santa Claus. And... You know, that's ridiculous, obviously. But then I started worrying, like, what is going on with Santa, man? With the zombie apocalypse, like, is he okay up there? Are the zombies frozen? Um, is Christmas canceled? And so I stumbled upon a new, possibly week, weekly segment. And I like to call it the, the Walking Dud. The North Pole Chronicles, where we'll check in on what is happening at the North Pole during this worldwide crisis. And for this week's episode, we have one vocabulary word, which is belsnickel. And if you don't know it, a belsnickel is kind of like a combination of a ring wraith from the Lord of the Rings and like either a beaver trapper or a, uh, a hobo. Like the ring wraiths, ring wraiths were princes, and these are more blue-collar ring wraiths. You know, they carry a lunchbox. So keep that in mind. And now, Walking Dead, North Pole Chronicles. Psh! Rupert to CP1 North Pole. Rupert, CP1 North Pole. Come in, North Pole. Psh. Go ahead, Rupert. Psh. I got an update for the chief. Psh. Transmit audio update. Do you have any word from the uh, expedition to Reindeer Valley? My wife was on that mission to the refugee camps. We've lost contact with Reindeer Station. Power's out. Please transmit update. Meep. Chief, it's Rupert. We hit a snag with the Belsnickels. After we successfully converted their wood switches to carbon fiber, razor-sharp whips, uh, we covered their bodies and, and their layers of fur in a, a paint we made from extra extracts of the uh, some of the undead, and they seemed undetectable. Problem, Chief, is... The Belsnickel Protocol. When you bred these creatures, train them, they're only supposed to attack 
naughty children. And then when we had to do the American modification for the Americans, they just delivered coal. So we can't get them to attack the undead. They, they pick them up as like dogs or, or feeding animals or innocents. Um, I think I found a workaround, but it's going to take time. We're going to do some behavior mods and a firmware update. We're looking at an extra month before we can even launch the first test expedition to see how they do in the field. So strike force at this point is out of the question. Now, I'm trekking to the Krampus Caves tomorrow, Chief. I need you to get a hold of me if you hear anything about that expedition to the valley. I got a bad feeling, Chief. Rupert out. Okay. We're going to take another leap of faith. Since two of the most likable characters and two of the best actors from The Wire are now on this season's Walking Dead, and while they're both still on the show, let's imagine that D'Angelo Barksdale wasn't killed in The Wire, and that at some point him and Cuddy, during the zombie apocalypse, um, or zombie outbreak, got together in Baltimore, Baltimore, and um, decided to head to Georgia. And this is kind of how I'd imagine the two of them looking at a map and trying to figure out which way they're going to go. It's kind of the, uh, as usual, the boring edition. All right. Um, hmm. Ninety-five's out. What about this two ninety-five? All right. I'm gonna take two ninety-five. Keep going. Um. Well, what if we had any trouble on two ninety-five? We could go over to three. Okay. So. Oh, wait, now it's 301. Well, anyway, I was staying 301. Crane Highway, by the way. So we're still on 301. Waldorf, St. Charles. Oh, look here, Turkey Hill Park. Um, got some water coming up here. 301. It's got to go over the Potomac. Hmm. What if that bridge is out? Uh-oh. Kind of in the peninsula here. This is the only bridge for miles. Uh, oh, if we go back to Alexandria, it's another bridge. Uh, let's go all the way back. All the way back in Baltimore. Let's take this one. If we would have stayed on 216, like I said, 95. Let's change over 29, maybe. Now that ends in Silver Spring. Yeah, we got to stay off of 95. Okay, uh, hmm, yeah, we're still in Baltimore, um, hmm, what about this, we take 1 to 410, to, oh, that's Washington again, 495, 270, to 70. There's a, that's a little tiny bridge over that Potomac River type thing. 
495. We'll stay off of 95 as you requested. We could take Fairfax Boulevard to 66. How about this Fairfax County Parkway? I like that. And that goes back to the water. Oh, dear. Well, what about this 228-213 thing over here near Centerville? Okay, we'll take that down Prince William Parkway. That sounds fancy. Let's take that. All right, 234 to 1. Now we're running parallel with 95, but I don't know. That's too close, those two things. We'll bail out on 610 here. Where's this go? 610. Oh, now we're heading north. That's no good. And, well, 6616 south. 616 south. 613, 612. Running. There's a Hartwood Presbyterian Church, man. Alright, we're on the road. I'm not sure what it is. And we're back to 95 and 1. Hmm. And, let's just stay on 218. And now it feels like we're, we're in trouble again. Let's just take this road. I'm not even sure what it's called. I see Blue Gray Builders. Bloomsbury Road. Take that. We run into King's Highway. Let's head west again. Alright. Oh, uh, yeah. West. We're going west. Feels like we're going north. And we're definitely going north. I don't know why these guys have country accents suddenly. All right, now we're on 3 Dixon Street. Let's take this 217 combo here. You know what state we're in? Nope. I mean, we'd, we'd be in 2. Let's stay on this 2. Wow, great cemetery. Beautiful. True Blue Farm Alpacas. Can you believe how detailed this map is? Yeah, we're still on 2. Ooh, we got a little Mountain Law Cemetery. Let's take the road less traveled. 626. Still taking it. Still taking it. Oh, Page Road. 605. Let's take this. 605. 605. Oh, yeah. We're going. And we're back at something. North Main Street in Bowling Green. Let's take that. Richmond Turnpike. We're back on to Luxstone Corporation. Let's get off the tooth, it's making me nervous. Let's take 721 to the Mataponi Trail. Let's take that. Oh, we're looking good, man. Yep, yep. So I'm going to run the governor's 647, Reedy Mill Road. <laughs> and, hmm. I don't know, we got a gut. 601, 663, 647. 663, alright, let's go. Whoa. 600. Alright. Frog level road, they call this bad boy. Boom. We just ran back into 2 and 3 and 1. Let's take it for a while. Passing the Dawn Library, Richmond Turnpike. Yeah, Hanover Concourse Road. Hanover. Is that like somewhere? I don't know. Stingle Hill Park. Yeah, this is working good. This is working good. Oh, 295. Trouble. Trouble in whatever town this is. Alright, let's hop off of here. Let's see. Uh, hmm. Hey, any chance we could stop at south of the border? No. 
Okay, um, let's take this 360. We got a bridge situation here, so. Richmond. Oh, 301's working. Now we're on one. We gotta get off. We gotta get off. We're still on one. This is gonna be bad. I got a bad feeling about this. Uh, 637, 238. Nope, that's 95. Um, hmm. Right here at the Dutch Gap Conservation Area. Let's just take this old stage road and ramble with drive. Woods Edge Road, McMinn's Memorial Park, back at 95. Uh, let's just go on one for a minute. Oh, no, I got a bad feeling about this one. Let's take Rakefield Road West at 626. Oh, dear. All right, looks like after Woods Cemetery, we take Church Road South. Well, now he's running at 36602. Take him back east. Oh, no. We're right with Rogers Stadium, 301. Let's take it south. Um, hmm. What about the South Crater Road? Is that one? Probably. Let's get on it. Oh, we're too close to 95, man. Um, I don't tell you. I don't even know where we are in the country. Um, you know what, this is probably better left to, uh, which is improv the thing, we'll just leave Baltimore right now, figure it out as we go, how about that, sounds good bro, alright, I guess that's what we'll do, uh, I mean, I wish whoever was speaking for us was a better actor, or at least, you know, 50% as good an actor we are, but... I don't know. Could you at least fill me in on where we were, where we left off, what state? Some Virginia state line. All right, well, good enough. Good night. Except there's more segments coming up. Okay, we'll start the next segment. Hopefully it's... Anyway, never mind. Okay. Now, what in the holy heck is going on with the water? At this prison. You got the episode starting with Rick washing his dirty ass face in what looks to be clean water. They're sharing water skins. I mean, Herschel, man, I thought you were a doctor. This, this is how civilizations fall. And I checked out the WHO and the UNICEF, and this is just the smallest of the diseases that can be caused due to poor water sanitation. And first off is diarrhea, which leads to dehydration and death. And just so you know, one gram of feces can contain 10 million viruses, 1 million bacteria, hold your stomach, a thousand parasite cysts, ugh, and a hundred parasite eggs. Arsenicosis which is exposure to arsenic-laced drinking water, which causes skin lesions and cancers of the skin, lungs, bladder, and kidney. Are they testing for that? Cholera, and not the love kind. Bacterial infection causes diarrhea, dehydration, and death. Fluorosis, uh, caused by 
high concentrations of fluoride. It can cause some... Um, it doesn't say, but it's not good. Now this next one, I hope you're asleep for it. Guinea worm disease. People can get this disease when they drink water contaminated with the guinea worm larva. Larva mature into meter-long worms. Eventually leave the body after a year. But guess what they leave behind? Debilitating ulcers. Gross. Intestinal worms. Another one. Uh... Malaria, this one that I can't pronounce, which is, looks like schizosomiasis, schizosomiasis, and that's another parasitic worm disease. Yep, and these are the nasty ones that you can be swimming in a lake and they'll get into your, through your skin. That just freaks me out. Ugh. Next one, trachoma. Poor water hygiene causes blindness and typhoid fever. So, what are you guys doing, man? It's not like the, uh, whatever's causing this thing, because I forgot from the first episode, virus or whatever, could mutate and start spreading by the water. Hello? Okay, guys, get on, get, get to work on that. Okay, if you're still awake at this point, I've got your back, because I'm holding in my hand the Gwinnett County Building Plan Review for Lawrenceville, Georgia, 30046, Racking System Code Compliance Guidelines. So just close your eyes, man, stop worrying, because would you believe the requirements in permitting procedure racks and shelving which require a, commit, a permit A are more than 7 feet above the supporting floor which those racks were hold more than 1200 square cover more than 1200 square feet excluding aisles I don't, that, that looked like a pretty big store check uh, have a storage greater than 500 pounds probably check um Number two, racks and shelving that require design by Georgia Registered Professional Engineer. More than 10 feet above the sporting floor. Check. Occupy an area greater than 3,000 square feet. Probably check. Loads greater than 1,000 pounds. Maybe not. Okay. Georgia Registered Professional Engineer. Now, what kind of calculations go into making sure these things are safe. Well, let's get some math in tonight. So, we're going to do some calculations that demonstrate demonstrate the structural adequacy of the shelving. Okay, let's start with the construction calculations for seismic designs of shelving supported at grade, and they need to comply with the IBC sections 1613.5, 22. 08.1, ASCE 7-05, section 15.5.3, 15.5.3.1, and 13.3.1, as follows. 
FP equals SDX times LP times WP divided by R, where SDS equals, refer to item 5.h, IP equals 1.0, WP equals case 1, weight of rack, level loaded to 60%, 67% of its rated capacity, FP max equals 1.6 times SDS times LP times WP. FP min equals 0.3 times SDS times LP times WP. ACSC 7-05 section 13.3.1. And just so you know, the vertical distribution of seismic forces shall comply with AC, ASC 7-05 Section 12.8.3 and 15.5.3.3. Um, now let's get to some calculations if they're supported below grade. V equals CS times LP times WS, where V equals seismic base shear. CS equals 1.2 times SD1 divided by R times T two-thirds, where her fundamental period T is calculated, or alternatively CS equals SDS divided by R when it is not less than 0.14 times SDS. SDS comma SD1 equals, refer to item, item 5H, R equals 4 brace direction or 6 in an unbrace direction. T equals fundamental period of systems in two orthogonal Wait for it. Directions. LP equals 1.0, except for LP equals 1.5 for systems located in areas accessible to the general public. Or, for the general public, I think that's what he was. LP equals 1.5. WS equals, refer to the RMI specifications under 2.7.2. So, I think we know who's at fault here. It's not the zombies. It's either two things, a cheap store owner or someone like me that can't do this kind of math or the Georgia registered professional engineer who designed the shelving who's now a zombie.